This is a future technology, basically. A, a lot of what we do is going to change based on these things that are happening, and the future is being built here. Welcome back to the We Are LA Tech podcast. We have something special for you. I know all of you have been asking me about cryptocurrencies. So our fabulous food CTO, Ira Herman, is here in studio. Hi, Ira. (laughs) He's here with us. And he has suggested why not have a cryptocurrency micro series on the We Are LA Tech podcast. So we're going to try that out. We're going to call it Crypto Fridays. I know today is the middle of the week, but coming up on Fridays for a short while, we'll be featuring cryptocurrency episodes related to people working in or founding crypto related things in LA tech. So if you like cryptocurrency on the podcast, please tweet at us at we are LA tech, message me, whatever you want to do. Let us know that you like it or you could Instagram, whatever works for you. Let us know that you like it. Let us know you want to see this going on. It's going to be on Fridays, crypto Fridays for we are LA tech. So right now for an episode, we just want to kind of kick it off. I know cryptocurrency, at least for me, is super complicated. And if you don't really know what crypto is, it's a daunting industry. What does it all mean? It feels super abstract, gamified, supernatural, all these things. So Ira is going to jump into, first he's going to tell you a little bit about what his experience is in crypto and why he's the guy that understands the subject. And then um, he's going to jump into the basic terms so you guys all understand what's going on. Okay, so Ira, hi. Hi. As so you guys know, Ira built the We Are Light Tech mobile app, which you can check out on wearelighttech.com slash app. And then he also built the We Are Light Tech Slack, which you can check out at wearelighttech.com slash VIP. But more importantly, related to this, he built... CoinBot. Tell us about CoinBot. CoinBot gives you the real-time price of pretty much every cryptocurrency that's out there and also tells you the prices on the major exchanges that they're traded on. And you can connect to CoinBot through Slack, Facebook Messenger, or Telegram. And the website is coinbot.co. And if you guys are on the We Are LA Tech Slack, you could check out the cryptocurrency channel on We Are LA Tech Slack, wearelatech.com slash VIP. And Ira's already integrated the CoinBot there. Ira, where can people find you on Twitter if they just want to say a quick hello? I'm not very active on Twitter, but I am out there at Ira Herman. I-R-A-H-E-R-M-A-N. Right. Okay. So, Ira, take it away. How do you know about cryptocurrencies? What is your personal experience? Uh, Personal experience is I heard about Bitcoin in kind of the early days and actually did not buy any of it. Yeah, (laughs) me too. 2009. Back then, uh, people, you know, there was kind of this narrative that it was for like the dark web or buying drugs. Uh, And so I was like, well, I'm not interested in doing any of that. So I'm not going to buy it. Um, And then, I, I learned about people actually using it for some legitimate things. And I'm kind of the person who likes to learn about how it works and why it works the way it works before I put any money into it. Uh, so uh, it took me a little bit to to uh, get some Bitcoin. Um, but then there was something called Dogecoin that kind of came out. And it was interesting because Doge was a clone of Bitcoin. Uh, it, it was the same code that Bitcoin uses but associated with a meme of a Shiba Inu dog. And uh, D-O-G-E is how it's spelled. And so the idea was if Bitcoin, uh, since it had kind of this negative connotation of the dark web or drugs or what was the uh, the website that had it? 
um, the Silk Road kind of stuff, then Dogecoin would be kind of the positive coin, uplifting, fun coin that people could kind of get as an entry point in a cryptocurrency. Uh, and there was a great community around it. And so I, I started mining Dogecoin and playing around with it. And what I was like, this, mean? this is pretty cool. So what mining is, is you can run a computer that basically solves a mathematical problem. And uh, when it solves the problem, if it's the first one to solve it, it gets a reward. So you actually generate some coins by mining. But the reason that it does that is actually the way uh, the distributed ledger works is it facilitates normally in a company. I kind of have to zoom back. Normally in a company, if you use a bank, let's say, your money in your bank account is actually stored in the bank servers. So the banks have servers, they have a database, and that database keeps track of what your balance is in your account. And if you send money to me, then now it subtracts that number from your account and it adds it to my account in the bank's servers. But the different thing with Bitcoin and blockchain and Dogecoin and all the, all the blockchain technologies is there's no central servers, so it's up to the public to run servers. And so with Dogecoin, for instance, I ran one of the servers that facilitated that database or that distributed ledger of who's got what cryptocurrency in there. And the reward for that is that every once in a while you get some free Dogecoin for it. But that also means it's highly likely someone could fuck up or their house could be robbed or where do you man this server? Well, you can keep it in-house or some people have whole server farms. They have big warehouses that they that they fill up with servers. Uh, people will use cloud services as well. So I was doing this on Amazon Web Services for, for a little bit of time just to kind of experiment with it. Um, but uh, the interesting thing too is then you kind of think, well, couldn't someone just go in if they're running a server and like edit the transactions to give themselves extra money? Great, great question. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one of the big innovations of blockchain technology is that it's designed to work in a trustless environment. So it's designed to work where you can't trust the people who are running the servers. And you have wow. to assume that other people are going to be trying to hack it. All of this was was taken into consideration before it was even put together. And uh, so far, it's held up surprisingly well. And this is where the machines are taking over. <laughs> yeah, Skynet is real. Uh, okay, so let's get into, and thank you for being so thorough with us, really breaking it down, because this is what you'll get listening to the crypto, you know, micro Friday crypto series. Ira will be your leader breaking it down for you as we have these conversations. So if you're a beginner in crypto, you could still enter in and enjoy the conversation. And if you're more advanced, you could gain a lot of insight from the conversation as well. And again, you know, this is for entertainment purposes only. It yeah, is we are not, not financial advisors. Right. This is not educational or factual. It is mere conversation. And all of these opinions are just for jest. And we <laughs> could be wrong. We could totally be wrong. I mean, I am wrong about most things. Yeah, yeah. I I like to consider myself very, very smart. And then I realize I say things. I'm like, wait a minute, that wasn't right. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. I think all of us. So you take it as an enjoyable conversation to be entertained. Um, I The commitment that Ira has to this, you guys don't know because you're not here, but it is past midnight 
And he is dedicating himself to making sure this episode happens because he's really passionate about bringing cryptocurrency into your lives because he loves it so much himself. So with that being said, we're going to jump into the point of this particular interview is literally just to cover the basics so you can have a solid understanding of what's going to happen in future episodes. He may even bring up this episode in future episodes saying if you need a breakdown of everything going on, you know, revert back to the January 10th episode and you can get more insights. So Ira, take it away. All right. Well, first on the list are kind of the three major coins, which are Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin, and just what the differences are between them. And this isn't going to be an exhaustive overview, but just kind of the quick differences and why are there multiple cryptocurrencies? And I kind of think about it like this, is that uh, why are there multiple languages that people speak? People have either different philosophies or people are in different areas using it, or people just have different preferences and opinions. And so with these cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin was really the first one that used this blockchain technology that uh, Satoshi Nakamoto wrote a white paper on, the, uh, the infamous anonymous Satoshi, uh, wrote a white paper on describing how this blockchain technology and the peer-to-peer transactions of this digital currency would work. And uh, he contributed along with other what they call cypherpunks to build this technology and make it secure uh, and then put it out to the world. And it's just been running ever since. This was uh, this was the early part of this decade. So I think it was it's around 2010, like, 2011. It's kind of like the hacker group that I see that like hacking for good that they, you know, like they all are not anonymous. They all get together to create something. Yeah, totally. So, so crypto has a group of hackers, essentially, that get together to create something assumedly good? Yeah. Hackers or people who are really smart mathematicians and programmers who know cryptography really well, because that's under the hood how this stays secure and ensures that people can't change the transactions and give themselves more coins. Uh, It also makes it so that if I know your wallet address, I can't hack your wallet and send your coins to me. I have to have something specific, which is called your private key, which all goes back to how this encryption uh, cryptography stuff works. And, okay, next. So so uh, Satoshi uh, created that and the cypherpunks created that, this group of hackers slash talented programmers, mathematicians who collaborated without ever meeting each other, uh, developed this. It's all open source. You can look at the source code. Uh, people have iterated on this and changed things and created their own currencies based on their own preferences. But Bitcoin is the original one that this blockchain worked with and that Satoshi uh, and the cypherpunks designed and implemented. And so that's been kind of the gold standard. And it was designed to be a currency for storing value and transferring that value from one person to another or one entity to another. And the idea of it as well, in the United States, it's easy for us to think about banks. And it's like, why don't we just use banks? And we can use a credit card or debit card and we can easily transact. But there are many other parts of the world where you can't do that or where the government doesn't have a stable currency and they've actually hyperinflated. Like I've got a Zimbabwe like $10 trillion bill uh, and that's kind of ridiculous. Uh, But that happens in other parts of the world. And so this is kind of a solution that can work for people where they don't have access to banks or their government doesn't have a stable currency 
Or there's even people I've met here in the United States that are unbanked that a lot of people aren't even aware of that for various reasons can't get a bank account and they go to like check cashing places and they pay like 10% or ridiculous fees that are too much. Uh, It's really a bad system. Or there are people who've gone through like bitter divorces. Uh, You know, a friend of mine went through a bitter divorce and uh, his wife kind of wrecked his ability to get a checking account at a bank. And uh, so he's unbankable. He's unbanked. And, and she probably is, too, at this point. So what's a solution for them other than dealing only in cash? Or people that just don't trust the banks and put the cash under their mattress. Yeah, totally. So <laughs> there's, there's a lot of that as well. Like the whole, you know, doomsday preppers yeah. uh, definitely in on it. People who think that, you know, even the United States currency is going to collapse or, uh, or stuff like that. There's people doing it for all kinds of different reasons, but it is this alternative and it provides uh, all of these digital banking services just inherently like built into itself without having to rely on any central authority or banks. And what's the difference between the three, the, so, the top three? So Bitcoin is that original one. <clears throat> and then uh, Litecoin was created as a fork of Bitcoin. So it's the, well, it's the same code as Bitcoin. This guy, Charlie Lee, runs it. He's not anonymous. He's a former Google employee and a very talented developer. And he's been continuing to develop and innovate with it. Uh, And one of the biggest things with Litecoin, it's still for transacting and uh, store of value. So it's a, a system of money or currency but it processes faster than Bitcoin. So he kind of tweaked some settings and has been innovating on it uh, where it actually, the blocks get written, the transactions get written faster. So it supports faster. If I send to you a spree with Bitcoin, it could take at least 10 minutes and more likely 30 minutes to an hour uh, to really get through to you. But with Litecoin, it happens almost instantaneously. Wait, so is this guy Charlie like a god of currency? He's pretty, pretty amazing guy. Pretty talented engineer. No, no. I mean, like, <laughs> does he own our currency? That's a great point and question. Um, he actually did, of course, own a lot of of uh, Litecoin for himself. But what he ended up doing just recently, it was very controversial, is he sold all of his Litecoin. And some people kind of saw that as like, oh, is this a sign that he doesn't believe in it and it's going to collapse in value? Um, but it seems in line with his philosophy. He was saying that whenever he would tweet about Litecoin or talk about it or get interviewed on podcasts or anything like that, uh, people would accuse him of basically trying to pump his own currency or manipulate it and profit off of it. So he completely sold his stake just so he's completely impartial to it. And he's still working on it. He just doesn't want to have any stake so people can't accuse him of manipulating it. Interesting. Yeah. And go ahead. Another one. So then the third major one right now is Ethereum. I thought you said Dojo as well. Doge was never a major one. That was just kind of a fun uh, clone of Bitcoin. Yeah. Okay. Although it's interesting, there's been some new interest in Doge and the price has been going up and the volume has been going up, but uh, it's still an obscure currency. Yeah. Uh, There's some fun stuff. You guys want interesting factoids. Read up on Doge. Uh, The community sponsored a NASCAR. There was a car with the Doge logo on it. And there was uh, the Jamaican bobsled team went to the Olympics one year because of Doge donations. (laughs) But uh, that aside, the other big one right now is Ethereum. And Ethereum is really interesting because it takes what Bitcoin initially developed, but it adds this whole extra layer on top of it where you can run code. So it's also a platform for running code. And that lets you do all kinds of other cool things. One of the most common things done with it is if you or I wanted to create our own currency, 
Like, for instance, I created an IRA coin and no one else has an IRA coin, but me I right want now. an IRA coin. <laughs> but, but there are 1 million IRA coins and uh, I didn't have to develop my whole, so my own whole decided blockchain. decided that there were a million. Yeah, I just arbitrarily pick that number and I chose how many how many there are and also if there's any decimal places. But so. it doesn't have any value until people buy the IRA coin. Yeah. Yeah, there needs to be a reason that the IRA coin has like, value. Like is that the same thing with Bitcoin and and Lightworks and all that that the a ton of people just decided to buy it and that's how they became valuable? Yeah, it was the story of Bitcoin so it's was like really money. interesting. That became real, kind yeah, of like well, our own American dollar. Just, well, <laughs> wow, well, I won't go there. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's when I started. I started. That's when I thought at first, like, this is fake money. There's nothing backing it. And then I did a bunch of research and watched documentaries on uh, how the American dollar has its yeah. value, and my mind was blown. Yeah. And now I love cryptocurrency. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I also still love the U.S. and American dollars. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But uh, but it's Yay, America. <laughs> <yeah>. OK, <laughs> but, but faith in uh, faith in the currency gives it value. But what's interesting, too, is there is a value exchange because someone's got to pay to run the servers that keep it running. The servers keep track of who has how much and what basically like bank accounts keeps track of how much money or coins are in everyone's account. And the servers facilitate transactions so I can actually send from me to you and you can send from you to Carl or someone else. So Carl's our amazing teammate. Yeah, Carl's awesome. Hi, Carl. He's yeah. listening. He's <laughs> writing the show notes to this. Awesome. <laughs> so uh, someone needs to keep those lights on and that costs money. That costs fiat currency to do that because I got to build, I, people have to buy computer hardware. People have to spend a lot of money in electricity to power it. Uh, people have to have internet connections. There's all these costs that actually go into it. So the mining process actually does cost money in a local currency that then gets converted into digital coin. So that's one way there is a transfer of value that's kind of interesting. But with the IRA coin, I didn't build a whole blockchain. I, I didn't fork Bitcoin's code or anything like that. I used Ethereum because with the Ethereum blockchain, you get to write your own code that runs on it. And one of the most common pieces of code that runs on it is called a token. And so most of these hot companies that you hear about, uh, probably people will will be talking to are creating these ethereum tokens yeah that you can easily transfer from one person to another uh, or keep in your ethereum wallet and it all runs powered by the ethereum blockchain but it's actual code that's running and defining the token and keeping track of who has how many and you can even get fancier with it like we could if i was buying a house in cryptocurrency uh, i could write code uh, an ethereum smart contract as they call it that does something like holds my coins in the contract until the other person who I'm transacting with fulfills some obligation and then it automatically releases the coins to them. So there's all kinds can of Can you cool... actually buy a house with cryptocurrency right now? You absolutely can. Um, there's not a ton of people doing it, but we actually went to BlockCon. Uh, so my co What are the top conferences for all this stuff? Oh, there's so many, <laughs> but... Uh, right now, Coin Agenda is going on in uh, in Las Vegas. Um, there's quite a bit. Uh, th there's actually pretty much every week some conference happening somewhere around the world, if not more frequently. But here in L.A., we had BlockCon here recently, and it was amazing. It was sold out. It was a great crowd. There were all the companies and ICOs that I'd heard of that were there. And we should maybe mention what an ICO is. 
and that's an initial coin offering. So that's when a company is basically raising money in order to produce some kind of product, but they're doing it, usually it's blockchain related companies. They're doing it by creating tokens or they're creating a cryptocurrency and you buy that currency in order to fund their startup. Are, are, are cryptocurrencies and tokens the same thing? Uh, they could be used interchangeably, but usually a token is on the Ethereum network. It's one of those uh, where you don't have to create your own whole blockchain. You use the Ethereum blockchain. There are existing servers that are out there and you just write your own token that rides on top of it. Let's get more into... Well, one, you, there's a lot of different terms for the ICO. What were the various terms, just so everybody's up to date? Uh, I only can think of two off the top okay. of my head, but there's there's the initial coin offering, which is kind of borrowed from an IPO, which was, uh, you know, is a popular event when a company goes public on the stock market. Initial, uh, initial public offering. They call that initial public offering or IPO. Um, so that's been kind of adopted towards crypto companies doing token offerings and calling it an initial coin offering. Uh, another popular term right now is called a TGE or a token generation event. And OK, let's get into blockchain real quick. What exactly is blockchain? Because you've, you've brought it up a ton of times and it's, it's a really secure framework. But are there multiple ones? Is there only one? What is blockchain? There is a bunch of blockchains out there. So. One of them is Bitcoin. So Bitcoin runs off of a blockchain. The blockchain is the network. The blockchain is the database that stores everyone's transactions and their balances. Uh, and that's what people generally call that. There's some great explainer videos out, out on the internet. Uh, like YouTube, you can find some cool videos about how they work in more detail. But the basic overview is there's, it's like if you wanted to write down on a piece of paper how much money everyone has. Uh, like if I wrote down, Esprit's got 10, 10 coins and I've got 10 coins and Carl has 10 coins. And now if Esprit says, I'm going to send you two coins, I would change the sheet of paper so that uh, basically subtract the two coins from Esprit. So now her balance is eight and then add two coins to my balance. So my balance is 12. And that's all the blockchain is really doing is keeping track of those transactions, but at a pretty large scale. And now why why can't we do this with Venmo? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, question. I get how, how it increases almost like the stock market. So it feels like a combination between Venmo and the stock market. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's a big question. And and most of us in in this society, uh, we can just use banks to do this. And Banks do the same thing. They've been doing it for a lot longer period of time. Uh, but what's interesting about the blockchain is if you don't want to use a bank or you don't like, let's say Venmo, there are companies like Venmo who have taken people's money and then shut down and then you don't have access to your money. PayPal, I love PayPal, but they've done things in the past where people, especially like power sellers on eBay, their accounts get frozen and now they've got 10, 20, $30,000 in their account and they can't touch it because PayPal's cut off their access to it. So this kind of thing can and do, does happen under certain circumstances. That's happened with PayPal all the time. Yeah, even when, you know, the, the person's not dealing drugs, they're not doing yeah, do money you know laundering, PayPal? they're not yeah, doing do anything shady. Yeah, do you know with PayPal, if you end up, let's say you're growing your company and let's say you're making $5,000 a month and then all of a sudden you do really well and you start making thirty to $50,000 a month, um, PayPal 
immediately is triggered suspicious of the immediate increase and they'll put a block on your account. I mean, not all the time because I don't know if it's every single time, but I've heard it pretty often that they'll put a block on your account for a security check and it could take a while for them to release the funds. Yeah. And if you're running a business that, you know, there's other circumstances too, but if you're running a business, you cannot touch that money that you legitimately should have because you're trusting PayPal to be clear with you and and to allow you to take your money back out. And then let's say you have a higher server bill because you brought in that much more, whatever it is uh, that you have a higher cost, you can't access the money to pay for your expense because it's being held by the payment processor. Right. And the same thing can happen with banks. Banks can have errors. There can be human error. Someone can. I've had a $5,000 error once. They cashed my check into someone else's account or something. They typed in the number wrong. I didn't have the number wrong. And then it took me two or three months to get my money back because they made a mistake. That's crazy. And and other things have happened with banks, too. Like, for instance, I ended up getting charges on my credit card, which was a bit it was a visa check card for one of my banking accounts. And uh, it turns out I didn't get hacked. And none of the companies I'd use the card with got hacked. It turns out the bank itself got hacked and banks do get hacked on occasion uh, with as much security as they have. They're still a big target. So if there's one loophole in, yeah. then a hacker somewhere is going to find it eventually. Yeah. Now, banks are great for that reason, too, because they do provide protection that if the money is out of your account, you can get it back. There's customer service. There are a lot of great features right. that come along with it. Uh, but there are people who want alternatives And this is one alternative is using a blockchain as a currency like Bitcoin or Ethereum or Litecoin. Then there is no central authority that you are trusting. You're just trusting the technology itself. And the technology is written. The code is open source. So it's open for public scrutiny and it runs automatically. No one's no one's really controlling it or freezing accounts or taking money out of it or anything like that. Cool. So did we wrap up on defining blockchain? I I think. We mostly did just the last kind of piece is it is decentralized. There's no central authority that you're trusting. Uh, and there's a anyone can run a server, basically, or a miner. Uh, I did the air quotes there. <laughs> anyone can run a miner and participate in this distributed ledger. And the more people that do that and the more organizations that do that, the more trustworthy that ledger is because it's in no one person or entity's hands. Another thing that Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies can solve is I actually had this experience recently. I got a check. Uh, sometimes I do consulting or I get checks from different companies. And uh, when I go to the bank, normally it only takes a couple days for that money to end up in my account. But if it's a new company that I haven't done business with before, it actually ends up taking a week or sometimes longer because they're not used to that check. They have to do this vetting process. It's kind of an old archaic system, I think, right. for them. And so... Uh, that money was not accessible to me for, it was over a week. It was kind of crazy. With cryptocurrency, if we were using, let's say, Bitcoin, they could have just sent me that Bitcoin and I would have gotten it within an hour or less. There's one more thing I want to talk about too. And and it's, it's, there's a lot of news about hacks. Uh, So I wanted to talk about Mt. Gox, which was an old one. And then there are some recent hacks as well. Uh, As far as Bitcoin itself or Ethereum or Litecoin or any of the major ones, Ripple is another one, um, they have not been hacked. The code works. It's been secure. People have tried to hack it and been unsuccessful. Uh, But what you hear in the news is usually when 
one organization like an exchange that's acting kind of like a bank and holding on to other people's cryptocurrency, when they get hacked or the money gets stolen from there, then uh, that's still because it's in the hands of a central authority. An alternative to that is you can hold it in what's called a wallet. It's just a program you install on your computer or phone. And if you hold your coins in that wallet, so far that hasn't been hacked as far as I know um, on any of the major blockchains. And remember, this show is not news. It is for entertainment purposes only. Right. Uh, Okay. And so how can uh, the app that you built help everybody? How does it work? Yeah. All right. So yeah, CoinBot's a great one because we we built it uh, early this year. And people just go coinbot.co, right? Yep. Coinbot.co or askcoinbot.com if that's Mm -hmm. easier for you to remember. But coinbot.co and uh, it's got great videos and screenshots of the major features in CoinBot and links directly to click to install uh, if you want to add it to your own Slack organization. I will tell you what it does. It You can ask CoinBot. I don't think anyone wants to add anything. <laughs> yeah, they don't know true, what it does. True. Yeah. Add in. You'll just trust me. No. <laughs> um, uh, with CoinBot, uh, it, it's a chat bot. Uh, and you can actually ask CoinBot, what's the price of Bitcoin right now? And CoinBot will tell you the average price of Bitcoin. CoinBot will also tell you the price on the top five or six major exchanges. So what's interesting is depending on which part of the world you're in or which exchange you use to actually buy or sell or trade cryptocurrency, there are different prices because they're disconnected from each other. So uh, it, it kind of depends. In some exchanges, usually you know the prices are higher and other exchanges lower. So the cool thing about CoinBot is you can do price, space, and then Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, Litecoin, any of the cryptocurrencies, and CoinBot will come back and tell you the average and then also the top exchanges and what the price is on each of those. CoinBot will also do math for you. So it'll convert to any major world currency. If I want to see what the price of Bitcoin is in Canadian dollars, I can do that or euros or GBP or CNY. Or I can convert one world currency like U.S. dollars to another world currency. Or if I say how much is 0.0257 Bitcoin worth in U.S. dollars, CoinBot will take using the real-time price and tell you exactly how much that is. Essentially, CoinBot is dope. Thanks. I think so. (laughs) uh, You could also access it, as I mentioned before, in the We Are LA Tech Slack. Just go to wearelatech.com slash VIP. Go to the crypto channel and you'll be able to access CoinBot there or access CoinBot directly and then install it into, what was it? It was your Facebook, Right, Facebook Messenger, Telegram, or Slack. We initially developed it for Slack just as a fun project for ourselves because we have a, a small private group of of people who are crypto enthusiasts. And we're like, man, I wish we could pull the prices into this chat and kind of also timestamp so we could look back in the past and see what the prices of the coins and currencies were. uh, And then also get real time. And so we just built this in a weekend and put it on our own Slack. Uh, And then other people started asking us, can we put this in our Slack? And so I rebuilt it to be able to put it in other Slacks, put it in the We Are LA Tech Slack. And now we've got... At last check, over 1,500 uh, Slack teams have it installed. That's amazing. I didn't Thanks. even know that. <laughs> and so what can people expect on these awesome We Are LA Tech Crypto Friday episodes? 
Uh, it's going to be really cool. I, I'm excited about this. I've been uh, kind of bugging the spree about it for <laughs> yeah, a while. Yes. And she's like, I'm not interested in anything crypto. Uh, but I am. Uh, so I, But I, it doesn't mean <laughs> I want to keep it from you guys. Uh, it's all about the community. And I know you guys are really enthused about crypto. So why not have someone equally passionate about the industry bring you all things crypto? Thank you. Yeah. And, and in LA, we have a lot of really great people and ideas and companies working in the crypto space because this is a future technology, basically. A, a lot of what we do is going to change, uh, I believe, based on these things that are happening and the future is being built here. So what we're going to do on the crypto podcasts, the crypto we are LA Tech episodes, is spotlight companies and key people that are working in the crypto space, talk about what they're doing and some of the details of how they're doing it and what difference it makes in the world. Yeah, I love it. It's And we'll get into it. If you if this is too much for all of you, like we will get into it every Friday. It will be a discussion on cryptocurrency. You guys have an amazing, amazing, amazing day. Remember that We Are LA Tech is launching our own t-shirt shop. Yes, we had such a gorilla way of doing the t-shirts. You guys wanted the We Are LA Tech tees. So we had a Google Doc that you would have to fill out and then we would manually send you the PayPal link and then we would process your shipment. And now, thanks to our amazing teammate, Carl, we have a Shopify store. Thanks, so just, Carl. Yeah. So just go to wearelatech.com slash shop. That's wearelatech.com slash shop. You could get your We Are LA Tech tee. Let us know what you think. If you think there should be any tweaks on the site, anything like that, we always appreciate your feedback. Be sure to tweet at We Are LA Tech and your feedback on these crypto episodes. Bye. See ya. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not the opinions of We Are LA Tech or their participants and are subject to change. The content of the show, the videos, website, and all related works are provided for entertainment purposes only. It is not intended to be, nor does it constitute financial investment or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to investing, finances, trading, or anything else based on this content without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to buy, sell, or trade any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent financial advisor.